Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Flames keep rolling. Dylan and Chris are going to get into the last three games. Come and join the party. Well, Chris, how about that? Flames continue rolling, like you said. And now we're in the playoff spot. We're in the second wild card spot, um, just like we all wanted. <laughs> the home of the Flames. Yeah. On the cusp of the second wild card spot. <laughs> Not like uh, being under 500 and being in the playoff spot isn't any sort of a mask or a facade of any sort of success, hey? Right, right. The uh, <laughs> the 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 entire league is just kind of in shambles, right? There's there's effectively like seven or eight top tier teams, and then everybody else is is what yeah. it what it appears to be from from what I'm looking at. It's it's pretty ridiculous, and like there's like I know we're only twenty two or or whatever games in here, but like you look at the standings, it's uh, everyone's really close. Like, yeah, you know the Penguins are at twenty one points, and they're in sixth in the in the East, and they're only two points away from the Flyers, who are third. You know what I mean, and, and and in the West, uh, the Ducks are in in sixth at eighteen points, and we're in fourth at twenty one, and the Kraken are at twenty one as well, right? It's like in the West, it's the Canucks, or in the Pacific rather, it's the Canucks and and Kings and Golden Knights, and uh, then everybody else is like a a step and a half behind, right? Yeah, and uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you look underneath. What's that? The the top three in 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 all the divisions are 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 fairly fairly tight, right? And then everything else that drops below is is pretty comical. Um, Even the Blues and um, like the Blues and Predators, Coyotes, they're all within one point, two points of us, right? Like it's everyone is packed yeah um so it's so it's a big facade is what it is like we're all so close and even though we're technically in a playoff spot because i don't think any of those teams won tonight did they uh um, nashville got a point right uh yeah nashville I mean, sorry got a, got but yeah they, they were ahead of us but yeah yeah, so it's pretty crazy how close everything is, but 
Uh, Flames pulled off some big wins against a couple of heavyweights this uh, this week, which is pretty impressive. Um, mm -hmm. Absolutely rolling the the stars in the third period. Um, you know, after going down one nothing and then two one and then three two, we kind of uh, yeah, four two. Yeah, four two, and then we ended up winning seven four. It was a pretty, pretty entertaining game. I, I got to give the Flames credit for that. Um, after the absolute, uh, just boring games that we had to watch last year, and 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 even at the beginning of this year, um, even when they're losing lately, they've been entertaining, and when they're winning, they've been fairly entertaining as well uh yeah so that's you know that's a bonus i guess yeah i mean dallas now has some some serious firepower um which is kind of something they haven't really had in the past I and mean, you've got guys that are really starting to find their place in the nhl like um like robertson and Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, exactly. So I'm there's Thanks. there's some players that are gonna be they're gonna be pretty elite for, for a long time in Dallas. So I you know in the fact we're able to kind of tune them up in the third period like we did and uh you know not only get back into the game but just completely embarrass them in their in their home barn was 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 phenomenal. It really was. Yeah. It was a really fun game to watch. There was a lot of pace to it on both sides. It was, yeah. But then once the third period uh, happened, the flames just simply took over. Yeah. And like, even, even like their depth is, is insane. They, like they have third liners that would be on our first line. Um, you know, Matt Dush or first or second line, at least. Um, yeah. No, they've got Matt doing on there and, uh, uh Mason Marchment and Tyler Sagan, you know, those guys would all be second to first liners for us right now. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Yeah, we would probably put Sagan on the first line just for his name alone, right? <laughs> that is kind of what we do. Um however, our depth kind of killed it this game. It was it was really good. Um was that the was this the one that no 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 Markstrom let the first yeah that was this the one that Markstrom let the first shot in? Uh, yeah, sounds right. Yeah. yeah, I remember a bunch of people arguing online about it about how oh you know it's he's been doing that all year and he's done it a few times. It's like I'm almost positive that's the first time this year. I even remember at the beginning of the year we were all discussed like we were all making fun of it for the first like four games that he played we were all like holy smokes he's made one holy shit he's made two holy shit he's made three and you know but uh well the the ptsd that we had from last year i mean his his first five starts easily it was just like pins and needles watching watching that first shot come into him right so like, yeah is it is this the one no no okay we're good Oh. We're good. Yeah, yeah. It's been a 
it, it's it's obviously been a much better year for Markstrom. Um, even though his, his numbers are he's nine oh one, good is not great. Way, it's, it, yeah, it's way below league average. Um, and he has had a lot of soft goals this year, but he's also made some big saves as well. Yeah. Um, he's definitely made and, and he's held us in games, right? Like even at the beginning of the season when the team was absolutely terrible at the zone defense and now they're like not terrible, but still not good at it. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think I think they're actually good, fairly good at it. In like as it is right now, I just don't like the system. I don't think the system is 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 a good system for your defensemen or or for your forwards in in your own zone. I like, guess I mean, you know, it works for some teams, and I think that's one of the problems is that like Edmonton's doing it too. Like a bunch of teams have decided to. Um, copycat uh you know the cup winning uh vegas golden knights who did it last year uh the zone defense and for some reason everyone's all like oh yeah now we should do it but most of those teams have been fairly bad this year like us and and edmonton right Mm -hmm. uh but you know it is what it is they like you're right they're getting way better at it i i still don't think they're very good at it i think they're still hesitating too much and throwing the puck to where guys are supposed to be and it just ends up being where the opponent is uh way too often yeah i don't i don't think the zone um defense works unless you're a really good team at exiting the zone and Mm -hmm. the flames have struggled with that for many years i think that's their biggest problem this year uh, mm-hmm. is is zone exits um yeah. you know that and the power play but we'll get into that um what, do you, so what, is, what on earth are you talking about what's that what on earth could you be talking about <laughs> well i don't even know what the numbers at right now but we were over 20 something at one point i don't know if it's up to 30 yet because it's been painful to keep track of but we were over 20 something at some yeah. point it's just they can't nobody's moving on the power play and to me it's it's something you know they were good at that one year two years ago um with the uh Goudreau and Kachuk and uh Lindholm line that was so good and and they were always moving and Kachuk was dragging them in and, and all that type of stuff. And um, now that for some reason, this team looks like teams before on the power play where they just, everyone's within like a five foot radius of their spot and they're not moving around enough in order to get you know, to, to drag defenders out of position or to um, open up passing lanes or open up shooting lanes or try and fool that they're, they're all just standing relatively still and they're just yeah. way too easy to defend. It's, it's painful to watch. It's, it's super painful to watch. Um, do you, do you know where uh, NHL.com has them 
listed for their for the power play? Can you can you can you venture a guess on what their percentage is? Like eleven. Yeah, eleven point three. Yeah, I, I heard uh, Greg Millen say it on the last broadcast. It was at around eleven. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and oddly enough, we're we're not even the worst, which is mind blowing to me. the The worst is the Capitals at five point seven, with with Ovechkin who doesn't move. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. The uh, yeah, that's that's just yeah. We're twenty seventh in the league in the, in the on the power play, and it and it shows. I'm actually. Like I said, I'm surprised that we're even listed as that high. What's the Capitals' percentage? Did you say it? Five point seven. Oh my God, how is that even possible? <laughs> they scored one power play all season. <laughs> that's it's pretty gross, isn't it? Yeah, that's ridiculous. But any power play, like even bad teams should have a power play of 17, 18, 19%. Yeah. Like at least in my opinion. Their uh uh their goals goals four per game is uh is is like second last in the league at 2.3 Ours or Washington? Washington. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're... yeah. It's been a tough watch there. I uh, <laughs> drafted Ovechkin in one of one of our leagues there, and it's been uh, been a rough go. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, he's still yeah. shooting the lights out. He's just not scoring. Um, is what it is. Yep. Anyways, exactly. Stars game. Um, Stuff. How about AJ Greer, who's been on a bit of a tear, like scored his third of the season that game. Honestly, the fourth line absolutely killed it uh, this game. Um, yeah. But Greer has kind of underrated in tight ability to uh, to raise the puck up high. Hey. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's he's very effective up close to the up close to the goalie, like very effective. He's hard mm-hmm. to move out of there. And he, I mean, he's certainly not afraid to get dirty in the, uh, in, in the slaughter and even up against the net. Like it's, it's really fun to watch him play. I, I like what he brings to the team. You know, he, he brings a lot of grit. He brings a lot of emotion and he's kind of doing what Dewar was doing last year on the fourth. And that's just bringing his entire line into a dogfight. And, but he's getting the results like Dewar was last year. Yeah. No, no, I totally agree. Uh, I think he's a little bit less creative than Dewar was last year, but Dewar's sure. also been uh, relatively invisible this year to the point where he's been scratched for several games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like he, Greer definitely belongs on the fourth line. He's definitely a fourth line player. Yes. But if you, if you can get, points out of your fourth line like we have been getting in the last you know week anyways then you know it's great you know if, if you're not 
if if your top two lines aren't going to be putting in, putting the puck in the net, then obviously you need that secondary scoring. And and like uh, we got five yeah. points out of our fourth line against Dallas. Right. That's that's yeah. Greer got two. Dubé got one. Ruziska got two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was both Greer and Ruziska had a had a goal and an assist, and Dubé had an assist. Yeah. Um, and how about Igor Sharangovich, man? Like, that was a great game by him. Yeah, he and I think he's actually the last game. He was relatively um, uh, in. I don't want to say invisible, but he wasn't as effective as he has been the previous few games, but. Yeah. Um, against Dallas, he really popped. He he scored a really nice goal. He's been the only guy who takes one timers, and he, yeah. he's got a really underrated shot. I think I think fans are finally starting to see it now that he's kind of gotten comfortable in in Calgary a little bit, and he's uh, getting a little bit more ice time. Um, I think that the shootouts have really shown. Um, his ability to shoot. And I think that that's made the fans watch him more five on five. And uh, yeah, he's, he's been pretty good. He's been really good. Um, I mean, obviously he, he, he played, you know, just over 200 uh, games for, for the devils um, over, over three years, you know, didn't put up huge, you know, huge numbers, but, Definitely respectable numbers given. That's like a twenty-five you know, goal season, didn't he? Yeah, twenty-four back in uh, the twenty-one, twenty-two season. Yeah, um, but I mean, through through four, I guess four years, including um, this the year. twenty-two games he's played this year. You know, he's he's got fifty-eight goals and fifty-eight assists, right? So, oh, he's, really? He's so he's even. Yeah, and he's so he's just over. Um, uh, 0.5 uh, goals per game, which is, you know, it's it's not staggering numbers, it's not phenomenal numbers, but I think he's only, I think he's only going to get better. He's yeah. he's 25 years old, and I think the the next five years are going to be really key for him. I think he's 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 creative, he's willing to shoot, which is obviously something as as fans we. We want to see more of, especially on like the power play and and things he like that. Battles too, and he's yeah. not slow. Um, he has he has the tools to be a very effective, you know, middle six second liner. I'd say um, on a yeah. good team. I think he's got the tools to be a second liner on a good team. He's just got to kind of put it all together and and be. Uh, uh, be consistent, kind of, kind of like what we've always said about Ruziska. Except, mm-hmm. I think Sharon Govich has already shown the ability to be more consistent than Ruziska. And if if Ruziska could just put it together, he would be so good, man. He's got like Ruziska has all of the tools. He just doesn't have the give a fuck. Yeah, I was gonna say like if if we can get Adam to give a shit and and put in the effort like say Dubé and Mangiapane, you know he would be unstoppable. Yeah, 
you know, I mean, I, like I'm, I'm definitely at a point now where both the the two players I just mentioned can 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 play elsewhere. Yeah, they they both look lost out there. They just they don't belong. They they try real hard, but they, in my opinion, just do not have the ability. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Dubé fan, um, but I, mm-hmm. I'm not really a Mangiapane fan. Uh, I wish Dubé would get more than a a shift here and there in the top six and actually get the chance to get something going because I do think that he would be able to. But uh, they just seem to be like, no, you're a fourth liner, and that's that's what you are. And then when somebody gets hurt, you can pop up there for a couple shifts, and then when they come back, you can go back down to the fourth line. Um, and I just don't understand it because he's not a, you know, he's not Greer, right? Like he's not a fourth line style player, in my opinion. Um, and he's not a, like he's he's a natural center, but he's way better on the wing um in my opinion yeah yeah he's definitely um, better on the wing i uh i mean he, he had some flashes last year when he was playing with Kadri where i i really started to pay attention to him more and i was kind of excited for him potentially breaking out a bit take yeah breaking out taking a step in his development and i mean i'll, I'll be honest like i have very much disliked almost every single game he's played this year like I, I have not seen anything that shows me he belongs above line three at all this season. Well, I mean, he hasn't played above line line three at all this season, so there's that. Well, he he's, he started the year on the top and second line and worked his way down. Like he caused that. Like there is definitely a reason why he got bumped down the lineup. In my well, opinion. he started the first game on the first line, and or the second mm-hmm. game or something like that on the first line, and then got moved down within two shifts. Like he, again, he doesn't sure. get the chance to do it. I see no, what you're saying because like, that's what I said about Bennett that whole time that he that he was in Calgary, um, mm-hmm. and I've started to realize that that uh, kind of the reasons other than the penalties with Bennett, but the, the reasons that. I used to argue with people about Bennett all the time with him being um, not given the chance on the first or second line. And then I'd be like, well, he never fucking did anything on the first or second line is kind of how I'm trying to defend Dubé and it's kind of hypocritical. So I'm trying to not do it as much, but I just did for like five minutes. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, like, but in, in my opinion, I don't think that he, it's not that he couldn't do anything. I literally think he was one of the worst players on the ice and deserved to be moved down. Fair like that, that game that that game that I watched him play um, against the Islanders was probably like the worst hockey I've ever seen him play. It was it was mind blowing how out of touch he was with the entire team for where he was on the ice. And, like he was just skating in circles for no yeah. reason whatsoever, other than to just skate. It was it was actually quite frustrating. I was I was hoping that they were just going to sit him on the bench for for most of the second and third. Oh, they've done that quite a few times to him and Sari and Ruziska, and at times Greer. So uh, that's one thing I've actually really enjoyed about uh, Huska is 
uh, I mean, first of all, when somebody's injured, like, like Zari and is not effective because he's been injured, um, mm -hmm. he'll sit him on the bench instead of continuing to play him. And when players aren't effective for the most part, um, you know, he'll, he'll sit him on the bench at least for, for, you know, uh, a period or or whatever and it's mm -hmm. you know there's actually some accountability within huska's coaching style that i've somewhat enjoyed and i think it's made some of the players a little bit better over the past maybe 10 games yep yeah i agree with that 100 percent. i you know we've been we've been talking about accountability because we we keep acquiring coaches that speak about accountability but we never see it yeah um so it's, it's actually refreshing to see him follow through with 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 that style we also had had a shit ton of players who talk about it but don't actually take it so there's that but uh yeah. no you're totally right now as for manjapani he's just uh every once in a while he's in the right place at the right time but for the most part he's falling down and trying really hard and not actually succeeding at all that much <laughs> i think we can yeah, both agree on that one yeah absolutely every time i see him go into the corner with the puck i mean i you know i, I immediately know he's not coming out of the corner with the puck yeah because he never does um it's it's really unfortunate that he's paid five mil yeah you know what's um isn't it almost six? Isn't it like five eight? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know who's been really good for us of late, actually, pretty mm -hmm. much all year, and who actually scored his first goal against his hometown team in however many years he's played in the NHL is Blake Coleman. He's been one of the best players for us. Had the team over for uh, for Thanksgiving dinner, and then came out the next day and. Was that the game winner or the game tire? That was the game tire, I think. Sounds no, right. that was the game winner. Was it the game oh, winner? Oh, that was the game tire, sorry. Yeah. The 4-4 goal. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Lindholm with the winner. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but Coleman's just been a, a steady steady guy man he comes in and, and does his job he takes a, you know maybe a little bit more penalties than i'm comfortable with but he also is just a really solid two-way player um and he's been scoring this year uh, like he last i checked he leads the team in, in goals so yeah. that's good um yeah yeah, no, he's he's been a he's been a really effective player this season. Um, in in most games, he's noticeable for the right reasons. Yeah, man, six goals this year. Look at him, what a stud! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he's, he's well on his way for career high in goals. Yeah, for sure. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Couple of the games coming up in the NHL this week. We got the Calgary Flames versus the Nashville Predators, both coming in at minus 110. 
Got the Winnipeg Jets versus Tampa Bay Lightning, both also coming in at minus 110. Got the Edmonton Oilers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes coming in at minus 142. Got the New York Devils versus Detroit Red Wings. Devils coming in at minus 155. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY as 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. It's void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the NHL League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Well, let's move on to the next game, man. We uh, went from Dallas uh, back-to-back with travel uh, all the way to Denver, which I hear is quite the quite the travel day um, because they wouldn't stop talking about it on the broadcast or on the radio or anything about how much travel that is. Um, both teams were on back-to-backs and in classic fashion – Colorado decided to play a goalie who's only played a couple games in the NHL ever, and he made an absolute fool out of the Flames players. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he didn't make a whole bunch of awesome saves, but he did make 29. I mean, I was going to say, like in typical Flames fashion, we, we pepper a lot of shots from from the perimeter and wonder why none of them are going in while we have nobody in front of the net. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, and it's also a pretty, in- pretty easy uh, uh, recipe for success on Colorado's part. If they can just keep you to the outside and a hundred percent. And, <laughs> and to be fair, well, no, sorry, not even to be fair. Um, just in typical flames fashion, they, uh, they were down two nothing, and Backlund scores to make it two one, and the team's all excited and and goes to drop the puck on the next face off, and thirty four seconds later, it lets McKinnon in to have a absolute floater shot that Vladar should have had, in my opinion. There was no tip on that; that was just a floater that he absolutely should have had. But uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, the the outcome, like as far as the the final on that game, it was, in my opinion, to be expected. I understand that Colorado was also coming off of back to back the second half, um, but they have we, more we, players that can take over games. Exactly. Yeah, we don't we don't have a McKinnon. We don't have a McCarr. Like we don't Rantanen. we don't have those guys and Ranton and yeah, 
yeah nikushkin and yeah like there's there they they have some really solid players you know their their top end players are way better than our top end players basically is what that comes down to they have Um, uh a few top 10 picks in there and you know not it's not like they have 10 years of it on on their roster they have like three or four first round and i'm just saying mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, that seems like a good recipe for uh building a team is is trying to acquire some decent high level draft picks maybe maybe uh sit sit in the wings for a couple of years while you develop and and improve your team seems like a seems like a good system i hear it works quite well for other teams yeah i mean it doesn't work for every team um and you hear that a lot and people will use edmonton or buffalo as as an example and sure it doesn't work for every team but also um if you look at every, like every team that's won in the cap era that's not vegas you know you look mm-hmm. at you look at LA. They they had uh, Dowdy at uh, Dowdy Kopitar, and there was one other guy who was like you know a top ten, top eleven pick. Um, you look at McKinnon and Rantanen, Makar. You look at um, Vasilevsky. You look at Stamkos. You look at um, Point or no? Uh, who's the other one there? Um, I mean, they they struck it good by by drafting Point and Kucherov later as well, but uh, oh, Hedman, that Hed, Hedman's the other one. Yeah, yeah. And Druan, who they traded for Sergachev, right? Um, like all these teams who are you know perennial contenders, or won a few cups, or you look at Chicago who won a couple cups, and you know they had Taves and Kane and. You say what you want about their shitty organization, which continues to be shitty to this literal day, actually. Um, um, so they, she at said. least they, they know how to win, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that was a, I mean, you don't go, to be fair, where where the flames are as a team which is insanely mediocre like always um you don't really expect to go uh <laughs> dallas colorado vegas in you know three of four days three games in four days and win all of them it's i mean it would be nice but it's not something you expect to do because those are three heavyweight teams who are all cup contenders this year um so the fact that we won two of them uh, i I guess we should go on to the vegas game here but the fact that we won two of them is pretty impressive um and just all sorts of weird shit in this vegas game man um First of all, we found out with like an hour before the game that uh, Markstrom was sick. He was supposed to get the start. Uh, And then 
so they told Vladar that he was going to go in, and then Markstrom left the Saddle Dome, and they had to call in their emergency backup goaltender, who luckily didn't have to play, but almost had to play like two or three yeah. times. It looked yeah, like early, that. early on too, and he looked terrified that he was going in. He and, did, and then there was another one where I think it was Weger crashed or uh, Hannafin maybe crashed into him. Um, yeah, Weger did. Took him out yeah. right at the legs later, and like. Uh, I guess I guess Vladar said to the uh, <laughs> said to the media there that uh, whichever defenseman that was like whispered in his ear as he was down, you got to get up because otherwise a spotter will take you out of this. Right, like get up right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, good story I, I mean, for the emergency not... backup. Like even just to sit at the age of thirty-two, I think he is dusty nickel. Um, you know, is he thirty-two? I thought he was thirty-eight, but let me check. Oh, I could be way off. I wasn't paying no, a whole bunch. Right. Of... Yeah, he was born in ninety-two, or sorry, ninety-one. So thirty-two, yeah. Um, yeah. Sweet. So yeah, at the age of thirty-two, he uh, now to sit on an NHL bench for the first time and probably the only time was probably pretty cool, you know. Yeah. So good for him. Um, and this is the first game this year that I can honestly say Vladar played good, like even good. But he played. He was lights out. He was really good, especially considering was, he was knocked out a couple times, almost. Oh like yeah, take, out taken out a couple times. You know, found out an hour and a half before puck dropped that he was playing. Um, there's so many reasons for him to have looked bad in in this game, but man, did he look good! I mean, he he let that that. Uh, that first one in, and but immediately following that, he just shut the door. He made like, a lot just... of really good saves, and and one thing I noticed about him in this game is that he looked confident after after that. Um, I wonder if him getting bowled over a couple times kind of kept his head in the game a little more because he. He also seemed like he was rubbing saves in the faces of the opposing players, which I don't think mm. I've ever really seen him do. No, he's he's never really been that flashy guy either. But, I mean, he was flashing the leather mm -hmm. a lot. Um, just, like, multiple 10-bell saves. Multiple. Yeah. Like, and, like, like that, this, that game should have been easily 5-2. I mean, we we did outshoot them uh, thirty four to twenty eight. I don't know, if, like you're saying five two for Vegas. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm not sure if we deserved really to win that game, but I don't think five two is indicative of how the game was played. I think maybe like three two or something was indicative of how the, how the game was played, but. Um. Vladar, I mean, credit where it's due, right? Like, I, I think he's been absolutely fucking terrible for the year. But mm. this this game, um, 
you know, if he can put together three or four games like this or even close to this, um, that trade value goes way up. It does, but, I mean, is is he on the block? You'd think does so. It make sense? Does it make sense to trade him right now? I think it makes sense to trade him in the next couple years. Oh, sorry, not in the next couple years. Um, in the next couple months. Like, I don't think it makes sense to trade him right now, but I think it makes sense to trade him by the deadline type of thing. In your opinion, why does it make sense to get to trade him before or around the deadline, around that time, or even this year at all? Because, um, and you know that I, I don't want Wolf sitting on the bench for the entire season and only playing 20 games, but I feel like um, Wolf is going to get a couple more games in, in here uh, while Vladar is still playing for us, in my opinion. And I think we're going to see him do pretty well. And I, I mean, obviously I have to see it first, but I think, I think it would be a mistake to keep Vladar for the rest of the season and not give Wolf his due. Um, and I think that if you trade Wolf, or sorry, if you trade Ladar around the trade deadline, around not not at, but around. Um, I hate it when teams wait for the deadline to do shit. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of think that uh, you Wolf would have had a, a whole shitload of games at, in the AHL already, and then if he's sitting on the bench for you know, what's left after the deadline, like 20 games or something like that. If he gets five five games in in the last 20, six games in in the last 20, I think that's okay. I, I don't really mind that at all. Um, yeah. Obviously, you have to see Wolf come in and play well a couple more times. Um, but I don't think, Wolf. I don't think like Wolf's one game this year wasn't, great but it's was also better than five of vladar's six or whatever you know what i mean i i think vladar's played six i'd have to look again but uh it's wolf's one game was better than all of vladar's except for this vegas game in my opinion yeah vladar's played seven and has won four um so right this year so far um Wolf has the worst worst numbers in the aid than he's ever had. Yeah. At uh nine nine sixteen in the save percentage area. Um he's twenty-two years old. And I don't think he's ready. I he's gonna have to sit for majority of of the time on the bench because he's not the starter um yeah which is why i don't want him to come in right away sorry you you go ahead yeah i i honestly don't think he's ready like at all i i think bringing him in at this point 
will ruin his career. You and he will so, end right? up and he'll end up taking the path of John Gillies, who was the the other AHL stud that we had in, in the team, and we brought him in and forced him into games and he wasn't ready. And where where is he now? Like, yeah, I, I just that's I, a little I, bit different. John Gillies was never a multiple award winner or or a, sure. an all star. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Um, the other the other thing you have to consider is is Vladar has still has another year on his contract after this season. So it's not even it's not even part of the like the U, UFAs that we need to get rid of and, and get assets for. I I don't I honestly don't see the need to trade Vladar at all. I would rather there be a situation where we can potentially trade Markstrom for a really good return while while uh, eating a bunch of his salary. And then have have a one A one B in Vladar and Wolf. You know I, what? I would much rather that situation personally. I don't mind that either. Um, I just think it's less possible and less probable. Uh, but I I wouldn't mind that either. Uh, have, having more of a a tandem with with Vladar and and Wolf would be fine with me. I just don't. See that happening. Um, first of all, you know, Marshall has to agree to be traded wherever he he would go, and um, and and then Conroy would have to try and get like a good return from that. And, and I do think that Markstrom's played well enough to get a pretty decent return, but I'm not I'm not sure that. Uh, that that's going to happen this year. Uh, and, but that is my, pref- by the way, that is my preferred uh, situation. Um, yeah. I just don't I see mean, it happening. If, if, if we start trading away our, our UFAs for, for big return and Markstrom sees that, that that's happening, he, I think he would sign away that, that no move real quick. To certain teams, but how many of those teams don't have a starting goalie and would be willing to pay four million dollars? You know, assuming that we that we hold two of it, you know. Yeah, or th- I mean, hold three of it. I don't give a shit. There's only a because couple years if left. If you're looking it, right? at the deadline, how many competitive teams don't have a goalie that's decent? No, that's. I mean, I get that, but. I mean, how, how many how many uh, Stanley Cup teams do it with only one goalie too? I mean, I don't know. Like we don't, you don't know what the injury situation is going to be in. Oh no, absolutely. In in February and whatnot, I uh, I just say, yeah. and also the thing to consider, like like what are we going to get for for Bladar? A third, maybe two million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's that's all he's worth right now. Is that's, is the that's it. Well, what do we need cap space for? We're not going and getting players, so that's that means nothing. Um, I want. I'm, I'm talking about the actual return, something that's usable. I for don't the, think for the organization. he's worth anything, and I don't think he's going mm. to be worth anything um, at mm. all for the rest of the year. But I I do think mm. that he's 
you know, I think that he's more likely to be moved than Markstrom. But you're again, you're right. I would like to see. I would rather Markstrom be the guy moved, but I don't see that happening. Um, I just want to bring this up too. Um, obviously, every goalie, every player's path to the NHL is different. Um, mm-hmm. But quite often, people use the UC Soros thing with Wolf, right? Because he's a smaller goaltender, uh, kind of brought in um, around the same age. So Soros had two and a half years not even in the in the AHL and his last and and you know he had a few NHL games in in the middle of that but he did not have like a whole sh- you know he had the two years of of junior and then he had um 38 games one year in Milwaukee and then 15 games the next year in Milwaukee and then nine games the next year in Milwaukee, and then he was a full-time backup for a year or two years, and then he was splitting with uh, Rene. So, again, and, you know, his save percentage in the the minors for his last stint there was uh, 9.06, and then he came out and had, you know, a 9.15, a 9.14, and a 9.27 in his first, uh three uh years as a full-time backup mm-hmm. um so and again i'm not saying that that is how wolf will come up and be i'm just saying that writing him off uh could be a mistake and writing him off doesn't you know say, uh, saying he's going to be a superstar right away is dumb but saying that he's not going to be good or that he's not ready we don't know yet and i would like to see that's why i said a few times there i want to see if he's i want to see him in like five more games here before and gets traded well yeah obviously you need to see him in games right yeah, like he, the, they can't trade anybody until they know that he can play the five games, right? That's, yeah. I mean, obviously that that makes sense. Nobody's nobody's writing him off. Yeah, I just don't think at this point, based on what I've seen of him in the NHL, I don't think he's ready. Fair I enough. don't think he's looked even good, let alone good enough. Like I, I don't I, think I've not was... been impressed with him at all. I don't think he was bad in that in that one game he played this year, and he definitely and you know he didn't have all that much in that game against the the Sharks last year in the last game because the Sharks didn't give a fuck, um, and we didn't give a fuck either. But uh, you know, I I don't think he's I like I don't think he's ready to be a starter, but I don't think he's not ready to be a backup you know i we have to see um yeah and 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 honestly i from an organization standpoint i think we need to get rid of our goaltending coach for the flames i guess he's the manager of the goaltending siglet uh 
Siglet, I think he needs to go. We've we've had too many goaltenders come into this organization that have essentially it has ended their careers effectively. Right and, down the and great, like 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 night and day as soon as they come into this organization. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm worried that's gonna happen to to Dustin Wolf. Um from what I gather Sigalette has become more of a scout and it's basically LaBarbera doing uh, the last two years doing Sigalette's old job. But mm. to be fair, um, he did a pretty fucking piss poor job of it last year. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, like we've seen so many goaltenders that have come in, into this, into this club and, you know, whether they were, you know, really good in, in, in the past with their other NHL clubs or or if they've been brought up through the A here, then it just as soon as they get into this into this organization, it just goes to shit. Because Sigalette's been here and 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 I agree, we've talked about Sigalette on this podcast several times. It's been a while, but we've def- we definitely talked about him a couple times last year, several times the year before. Mm. Um but you look at like I don't Jonas Hiller, Mike Smith wasn't terrible, but he wasn't good. Um, Cam Talbot wasn't bad, but also wasn't great. And I actually wouldn't have minded keeping Talbot. Uh, David Riddick had some chops and then got into a more full-time system in the NHL and then kind of uh went down the went down the tubes um Kerry Ramo I thought was going to be something and then wasn't um you know you're right yeah you're totally like I'm yeah. not arguing that I, at all like the, the <laughs> list goes on right I I yeah. think the, I, honestly the the flames need to do themselves a favor and just get rid of them so we can properly develop our goaltenders and and yeah. and move forward with some greatness. Uh that's fair. I do think that at the very least, and I, I want to know what you think about this. Um I think at the very least we need to bring Wolf up at some point and give him a stretch of like three out of five games. At the very least, yeah, I have, I, have, I have zero problem with doing that. Okay, like you, you have to see what what you have before you get rid of what you currently are employed. We're employing, right? Yeah. And and I'd like to see the same with um, with our defensemen. I, I want to see Jan Kuznetsov come up. I want to see uh, a little bit more of Ilya Solovyov, who I thought was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. It's too bad Jeremy Poirier went down. I, I don't think he's ready, um, but it's too bad because I would have liked to have seen him. Like we, we could really use a dynamic puck mover for the <laughs> and a feet mover as well for the power play, right? Um, yeah. But I'd like to see some of those guys come up and get their shot. Um, 
even if it's two, three, four games, just so you can at least see flashes of, of what you have before you start moving Tanev, Hanfin, uh, Zadorov, which you need to start doing, in my opinion, because um, you can't leave them all till the deadline. Well, I feel like we've we've kind of done that this year. Like we've had three, is it three now? It might be four uh, defenders that have. No, it has been four this year um, that we've brought in. So I, I'm I'm happy the fact that they've done that. Because you mean you're, you're Gilbert, right. De Simone, and Slovyov? Yeah, and Aust- Austerly and Oh, Austerly. Yeah, Austerly was just a fucking one-year free agent thing, though. I don't. Yeah. Consider him a prospect or a, a seeing what you have. I consider him a stopgap guy that they signed to come in and be a seventh defenseman for a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, to be I, fair, I, is why, I was why they signed Gilbert. Signing him another, yeah, I'd be comfortable signing Osterley to another year based on what I've seen so far. I'm kind of disappointed that they sent D-, D Simone down. I know why they did it. I think I know why they did it. Haven't been told otherwise, but um, it's because Gilbert has a full NHL salary, even if he goes down to the minors, whereas D Simone uh, makes $400,000 less or so when he goes down. So I think it was more of a money move than anything else. I, I, I thought D. Simone had maybe one rough game, but I thought he was uh I thought he struggled a lot less than Gilbert has this year. And Gilbert don't get me wrong, I still like well. Gilbert, but what's that? Yeah, Gilbert started out really well, but the last couple of games I I found that he's struggled quite a bit. Yeah. And that's what puzzled me is they sent D. Simone down after they saw Gilbert. Like it, it's what it would be one thing if if they sent D Simone down and then started playing Gilbert, but they started playing Gilbert, saw that he was struggling for a couple games, and then sent D Simone down. That's what confused me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's 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 been it's been interesting watching him this year, Gilbert. That is, I mean. I mean, I like his toughness and all that, which is, you know, that's great and all, but but I, I think I think he's defensively he's he's really struggled uh, this year. Yeah, and last year I thought he's got it in him because last year I thought he was he was steady last year, um, mm-hmm. and I thought to start this year he was steady as well until he went down there. Um, yeah, but is what it is. Is um, what it is. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early bird Black Friday sale is going on now. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with the products like the Everyday Earbuds, known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. 
and this past year they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. The five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100 watt power delivery. The faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have to ensure the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, well, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their website, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on Raycon's early bird Black Friday sale. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on Raycon's early bird Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off store-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, anyone you've been specifically impressed with? I guess the the... Uyghur overtime goal was nice. It was a good, you know, obviously five seconds left in the game. It was a good time for him to decide to forget about defense and go on a go on a two hundred foot rush. <laughs> that was actually that was really impressive too, right? With like I'm watching the clock and I'm watching him. I'm like, oh, Christ, get rid of the puck! Come yeah. on, get rid of the puck! Yeah, yeah that was that was. Uh, that was really impressive, and and that shot, um, yeah, it was it it was it was I, I was super happy for for Mackenzie Weger, right? He deserves it. He's had a really good season. Um, he's, he's been he, our best defenseman to his own. He he absolutely has, um, you know, and and cons- consistently too. Like he's been he's been really good. I think he's turning into a tremendous leader in the in the locker room, and yeah, community as well. That's, Hundred percent, yeah. As we as we as we watched his, uh, his or I watched his video earlier today with uh, what do they call that? The driving around with the player, whatever the hell it is. Um, I was yeah, like, oh yeah. yeah. Now now I know exactly where he lives. <laughs> I, I know. I, I always found it weird that he did that. Yeah, it's, it is. It is. I mean, it's, it's kind of neat where you kind of get to know them a little bit better and that sort of thing. So it's. Yeah, the, the coffee shop that they go into, I was I was there last weekend, so I'm like, yep, yeah, I know this place quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's it's yeah. good to see a little bit of their personality and a bit of their outside uh, outside of the rink, mm-hmm. you know, personality. Um, I don't really think it's fair to, you know, get pissed off at guys for not showing that side of them like like a lot of people say you know know, players don't show anything it's like well yeah but i'm a different person a lot of the time at work than i am outside of work there's a reason i don't go to staff parties (laughs) i i've been in the in the service industry for like 27 years yeah there is absolutely a different chris at work than there is chris at home Yep, the service industry smile, you know, is what it is. We all right. we've all had to do it before. I've had to do it as well yeah, as a, you know, I, I was a 
cook my, my last gig as a cook was at a cafe where there was a account you know, like where everybody ordered their food was like right beside where the counter was or where, where the kitchen was so i always got to talk to everyone smile at six in the fucking morning and just really didn't want to i just wanted to drink my coffee and bake my bread <laughs> right and now and now you work 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 nights in uh and you don't you don't have to see anybody like that's got to be perfect that's right i don't see hour. anybody from 10:01 p.m until 6 a.m and then i work four more hours with with some people who i can just leave if i feel like not talking to them anymore it's fantastic actually yeah, it's pretty up. great <laughs> yeah sounds um, to me So who do you think has been the Flames MVP this season so far? I'm asking um, you a question I don't have an answer to, by the way. <laughs> MVP. Yeah. God damn it. Um, I think it's got to be Zari. He, he brought a he brought a level of intensity and and youthness to the to the group. It's rejuvenated multiple players, uh, in my opinion. Um, it allowed Huberdeau to be placed with better line mates to fit his style of play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's made Nazem Kadri look like a full-on NHLer for multiple first games time now. in 80 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's obviously working through something right now, whether it be injury or just, you know, whether it be a slump, whatever it is, but his, his play as a whole, I think has, has almost even excited his, uh, his teammates. I, yeah, I, I kind of agree there. Uh, I think the most impressive thing about him, because a lot of young guys pop off like that and, and bring, you know, youth to the team and excitement to the team, like like even like um, uh, Peltier did last year. Um, lots of guys do that around the league, bring excitement to the mm-hmm. team, right? Um, but yeah. I think the most impressive thing about Zari is his poise to make smart plays when he's outnumbered and the rest of his team has gone on either a skate in circles, depending on who he's playing with, or has yeah. gone to the bench or whatever's hat. Like I think Zari has an incredible amount of hockey IQ that not mm-hmm. we don't really have a whole bunch of players who have that. And it's really impressive because he's what twenty two. Um, yeah. To be able to yeah, do that yeah. in your first eleven NHL games is very impressive. Well, it is, and he's—I mean, he's—he's he's what second in in rookie scoring. Yeah, um, with several less games played than Bedard. Yeah. So I mean, and but and he doesn't get any of the attention whatsoever, which is, I mean, in my opinion, great, right? Yeah. You know, I'd you know, I'd rather I'd rather keep them a secret for now. Can I ask? 
you i don't think he is a secret anymore because uh a lot of the podcasts i listen to and a lot of the the uh Articles I read have have uh, blurbs on Zari now. I th- I think people are really starting to take notice, which is you know, I would rather keep him a secret too. But it's also nice to see a guy get his due. Um, yeah, well, he, he deserves to uh, to have that 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 respect throughout throughout the league, really. So I I was just listening to myself and how I describe Zari's play and. I was listening to you and how you describe Zari's play. I think he should be an NHL center. Yeah, I don't see why. I think he should at least try it. As much as Kadri's not going to be a a winger anytime soon, I don't think. I think they should maybe try him at center somewhere. I don't know where, but. like like I was saying, his his poise and his ability to make the right play yeah. and be in the right spot, um, that is really important for a center. And I'd like to see them try. I, uh, I mean, aside from the fact that he's he's been really really good at the at faceoff this year, um, Lindholm was also very good as a winger when he was playing with Monaghan and, and, and Goudreau. That's very true. That's very true. And, it, and one thing I miss about that is having um, two guys who can win face-offs on, on the same line. I mean, I guess you do with Kadri uh, and Zari, although I don't really, I haven't looked at Zari's face-off numbers, but um, mm. you know, even like Ruzdiska and Dubé, like, We've got lots of guys who can play center, but uh, I really enjoyed having Monaghan with with Lindholm that year because when one of them got kicked out, at least you have another guy who's like fairly regularly takes faceoffs. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so who would you put? Has... Who would you who else would you put on that line? Sharon Govich. God, that'd be nice. Hey? That'd be a that would that would be a a really high octane line, I think. That that would actually be be really decent. Sharon Govich, Lindholm, and Sari, with Sari in the middle. Right than that. I'd give her a shot. I mean, obviously the the. I mean, honestly that. The uh, Kadri Zari Pospisil line has kind of quieted down in the last couple games. Could be just because Zari's hurt. Um, I do think he drives the team a lot of the time. Never mind, just 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 that line. Yeah, yeah. I mean that makes sense, right? They they did score the the tying goal yes yesterday against uh, against Vegas, but yeah. But you're but you're right. They have not. They haven't been as impressive. That's for sure as they started out with. Um, the other, the one, the one thing that I, I'm kind of on the fence though when it comes to Zari playing center, is I think he would end up losing some of that ability to create, um, to create the play because I, of the he zone defense and what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, and, and even of, in yeah. even in the offensive zone, um, 
I think his positioning obviously would need to would need to change. So I don't think he would have the flexibility to um, play play the sidewall uh, to his advantage and his ability to to move the puck around there. That's fair. He's so good at that. That's a good yeah. point. Um, and I guess that's a, that's a lot of where I see his poise as being so good is when he's on the yeah. sidewall and, and where he, you know, he yeah. wins those battles and then he puts the puck into the right area quite often. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his, his puck control and his, his ability to maintain the puck in, in those situations. So his touch you, passes too. I could go on for ages about how good this kid yeah. is. Like yeah. I had high hopes when we drafted him. Um, and I know you've heard me talk about him on and off for the last couple of years. Um, cause I thought he was the best guy in camp last year. And I thought he was the best guy in camp this year, but, uh, I just never thought he would pop like he's popped. Yeah. I, I never thought that I would even have a fleeting thought that he should be a full-time NHL center already or that he should be maybe tried on a first line or anything like that um i definitely thought he would be a middle six guy but it's it's really impressive that uh you know a guy like me who likes to limit expectations on on a lot of players um you know i'm i'm impressed to the point where i want to see him get as many minutes as as we can shovel his way given he's healthy i'm excited for the future when when i start thinking about players like him and like pelchier and pospisol and um coronado for that matter once he gets once he gets back into the lineup which i'm sure is going to be within the next couple of weeks um it's got to be right we have no shares right um I think a line with with Zari and, and Coronado would look pretty decent. I th- I think the two of them together with the way that Zari can create a play and 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 get the puck to to players with mixed in with Coronado's shot, I think that would be pretty deadly. Yeah, Zari's got some good uh, good playmaking skills as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember there was one pass he made the other day. I, I can't even remember which one it was right now. But I remember we were talking in our group chat and I was telling our buddy Matt, I was like, that is what you expect out of Huberto. That he made one pass. Uh, oh, it was a touch pass up to Kadri that ended up springing, um, ended up springing Pospisil for his goal on Sorokin. Um and I was like, the one where he just completely undressed Sorokin. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that was a beauty shot from from beside the net, too. It, it was, but <laughs> where the play started, somebody mm. got the puck to Zari, and Zari didn't even touch the puck for a fraction of a second and just got it right up to care. Like, we don't have enough players that don't stop and think with the puck and just move it right away. Right. And Zari does that a lot of the time. And it really pushes play. And I find his ability to 
move his feet, is infectious with his line mates, which is what made Kadri look better. And I, it's one of the reasons why I'd like to see what he, if, if him playing with other guys more often can get them moving their feet more. Maybe he can be infectious throughout the whole lineup instead of just one line. Yeah, it could potentially be a useful tool, right? You shouldn't need yeah. to use a young player as as a Kickstarter for every line, right? But here we are. No, but no, but you know, sometimes it's the kids with the energy that you want to use to to get get the the action moving. I think it would work. Yeah, I totally agree. So, um, what do we yeah, have next right. coming up? We've got. Uh, Got Dallas on on the thirtieth. Coming into our barn this time, we're gonna have to show them a good time. Any uh, prediction for that game? Um, I don't think Dallas is gonna be. I think they're gonna be mad, and I think they're gonna be disappointed with their their third period last game. So. Um, I don't see it being a 7-4 game. <laughs> I, I see it probably being more of a 2-3, 4-2 maybe type of game where it's uh, tight, maybe an empty nether type of thing. Um, I don't have any – I don't know who's going to win that one, man. Like, I think I think that's a coin flip, and I think you're absolutely right. There's, I don't think there's any way we're scoring seven goals in, in that game. And I think, especially if Markstrom is back, I don't think they're scoring seven on us. Um, yeah. I think one thing I just want to mention about Dallas real quick is it is amazing how fun one not really super exciting seven-game series can kind of jumpstart a uh, rivalry that – didn't really previously exist and now even though we have very few players that remain or none of the star players that remain from from that series our games against dallas are still really good and actually i think yeah. they're more exciting than any of those playoff games that we had against dallas so yeah they're they're less and there's some hatred defense now what's that they're they're less focused on on defense now, right? Than yeah. than they were in the playoff series. Yeah, yeah, because they yeah. don't have uh, bonus anymore, right? They have um, I can't even remember. Is it Montgomery? I can't remember who their who their coach is now. But uh, yeah. I know the bonus is in Winnipeg now. So, so then, oh yeah, uh, don't forget to. Uh, Come come along for the ride after the game uh, against Dallas. Dylan and I are going to go live and and uh, do do some recap of that game. We'll be live on YouTube, um, uh, live on on X, and live on Facebook. If you want to tune into that, come on in and uh, chat it Answer up with some us. Some of your questions. Yeah, we like to we like to talk with uh, the people that are that are watching the show. So that's on uh, that's on Thursday coming up, and then we got uh, Saturday hockey night in Canada against Vancouver, which uh, will be a 
uh, high action game. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be loud and, and fun at the dome. Um, then, then we've got a couple of days off on Tuesday against everybody's favorite Minnesota Wild. The uh, Minnesota always comes to town on a Tuesday, don't they? Yeah, they they really like to come to Calgary on boring days, and they like to play mm -hmm. boring hockey. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've been pretty bad this year. They won their first game with their new coach today, though. I think it was three one. So, uh, was, yeah. So that's uh, that's, that's interesting, but they're they're less offensive than they were last year. So maybe they're back to being boring. Who knows? Yeah, it was three one yeah. against uh, against St. Louis today. Yeah, they only have sixteen points this year. I mean, they're they're just one point ahead of the Oilers. Yeah, wow. interesting. So that'll that'll be a barn burner, I'm sure, uh, next Tuesday. <laughs> the uh, and I'm and I'm sure sometime between now and at the end of uh, a Minnesota game, we'll. We'll do another recap as well, but make sure you tune in to the after show on Thursday and, and come have some fun with us. Please be, do. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun. It'll be exciting. So uh, we come to the point where we ask everybody to smash that like button, share the show with your friends. If you, if you like what we're doing and want to want to get more, more people involved in it, be much appreciated. We're yeah, on, follow uh, us on X at uh, Armchair GM Pod, or sorry, or Armchair GM underscore Pod. Um, yeah. Reddit, we have a, a Reddit account, uh, Armchair uh, Armchair GM Podcast. Hey, that's us. Yeah, and uh, follow us on Facebook. That's and right. YouTube. Subscribe, hit the bell, all that all that kind of stuff. That's right. So everybody, thanks for tuning in for another show, Armchair GM Podcast. Cheers. Cheers. Go Flames.